0: Creative Zombie Studios presents the Subjective Comedy Podcast with Brad Scott. Brad Scott is a mediocre comedian from Indianapolis. This is his show. If you don't think it's funny, remember, comedy is subjective.
1: Please don't call my phone again. Leave me alone. Run in my lungs again. I'm in my zone. Back up on the road again. My money long. I'm trying to rock a
2: show again. to be sunny for providing the new subjective comedy intro song follow her on social media at i am the sunny and check out her album lover girl it's available now on all platforms <laughs> hey, welcome to the subjective comedy podcast take two dan who's bringing us the show this week?
0: today's subjective comedy podcast is brought to you by diy jokers DIY Jokers is a comedy collective started by comedians Brad Scott, Brent Trahune, and Dave Landau. Pick up official shirts and hoodies at teespring.com slash store slash DIY Jokers. DIY Jokers, they don't know much, but they know comedy. And also by Creative Zombie Studios. Indianapolis, elite podcast studio that produces subjective comedy along with an amazing lineup of other shows like Shift Drink, Shadow Nation, and the hilarious cult cinema cavalcade. Check them out wherever you get your podcasts.
2: Congratulations to Colt Cinema K for winning an award at the Podcast Awards this year. This show forgot to uh, – it forgets a lot of things, actually. It forgot to submit its episode for the awards, and it forgot to hit record. This is our second time. We had an amazing first uh, round here, first go of it, and um, none of us hit fucking record. So uh, we learned, uh, though, that – Dan, what are you drinking?
0: I am drinking – Starlight Distillery's signature bourbon. Uh, that's what I've been drinking for the last couple of weeks. And I think I'm on somewhere between three and five bottles in the last six days because I am celebrating quitting a terrible, terrible job, which is better than getting fired from a terrible job. So I'm in a great mood that just won't quit.
2: You know what? Dan was better the second time. All right. Let's see if we can keep it going. Uh, Rob, what are you drinking now that you're a cop? <laughs> yes.
3: Yes. <laughs> And I'm first thing I'm doing is arresting you. That's the first <laughs> thing. And I'm going to personally butt rape you myself.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, I get that. I, uh, am, your-
3: I am doing shots of tequila. I am celebrating um, a position that I aspired for, for an organization I never thought would ever in a million years hire me. So um, that's what I am doing. Um, Heroduro is the tequila. And I'm sure i butchered the name. Uh,
2: that is beautiful because we got the punchline, which was Rob's a cop, into the organization that he thought would never accept him on the back uh, <laughs> there. So, so far we're two for two. Um, now, we we did a, a brilliant breakdown of the fourth wall because everybody has, we have Drunk Dan and now we have uh, Drunk Rob. And so uh, Finch before the show uh, was Wanting to get in on that, and actually told us not to worry about waiting for him. Uh, we assumed because you know he had to salt the rim of his margarita glass, or oh, our guest just uh, or he had to get his uh, shot glass ready. But no, Finch, what are you drinking this week?
4: I am drinking 100% apple juice from concentrate with an added ingredient. Of exorbic uh, acid. It is 100% juice with exorbic acid in it. That is a preservative. It's called exorbic acid. And no, I don't know if it's 99% juice and 1% acid. And I cannot tell whether or not there's more acid or less acid in this bottle than any other bottle that I've ever had.
0: Well, you're being really aggressive for no reason. Yeah, that's
4: Benji very defensive
5: okay? about it, your drink choice. It, wow.
0: It,
2: no, did you notice how he kept Mark off at the knees so he couldn't get to his joke about yeah, the percentage of course, you are the only one who was worse on the second take. Of course, Dan back to the park, Rob back to the park. We start off the game with two homers, and then Finch comes up and he's like, "I'm gonna bunt here."
4: <laughs> you want to get it? No, I don't. I don't have anything to say. I don't care about that pregnant pause there. Just, just shut up. Why don't you introduce Mark, and then we can get to our awesome guest?
2: <laughs> what's, you know, it's the worst part though. Is uh, Finch gonna lose his little celebratory joke there? Sorry.
4: But you just did it celibate. That's what that is.
2: Episode. Uh, Mark, uh, you're drinking Monster, I'm sure.
5: Yeah, as as usual. Also, shout out to Coltson and McCavicade who have ended their podcast as well. Um, that's what I was trying to show you. So they are no longer doing their podcast. Uh, they posted about a week ago, I believe, that they're done. So.
2: All right, boys, this is our opportunity.
5: <laughs>
4: we can Peace. take all 12 of their listeners.
2: Wow, really going after Colson Cinema Cavalcade for some reason. I was just referring to the fact that now they're not gonna be in the podcast awards and we might have a chance. <laughs> Finch, uh, is
5: everything okay at home, man? Yeah, you're a little aggressive. Like see Brad, now I know what you always think about me. Like how I'm so aggressive and defensive and just want to get shit done. Now that I just have to come on here and talk, so much easier.
2: So much yeah, easier. Yeah, Finch is the one with responsibilities. <laughs>
4: I think between myself and Rob, we're the only ones with responsibilities right now. Oh. Rob I, has a job. Dan's a comedian. And Brad's. I'm not sure what. Yeah. Yeah. I, that's I, all I got.
2: But Diamond Uber driver, sir. And I will ask you to treat me with some goddamn respect. Uh, so, anyways, let's awkwardly transition out of whatever the hell Fitch was just doing there into uh, opening our guest and, uh, I like to find guests in unique places, such as gas stations. That is where we met. We were both going for the air uh, hose at a get-go, which you would think a get-go like that seems to be like they they seem to be building themselves as like the better gas station, right? Like most get-goes are pretty nice, clean. They goes the fucking air pump thing was like gone. I don't know if it was stolen or if they pulled it off or what, but you couldn't get free air. So then we ended up having to go to a speedway, and it was just craziness because both our tires were flat, and it was sparks, and it was craziness. Uh, But then I ended up – she ended up telling me one story about a coworker, and I ended up basically making her tell me stories for about three hours. And one of the stories really, really uh, caught my attention, especially because of some of the stuff that we've talked about um, in the last few weeks on this show – And so I want to welcome uh, Shay Alexander. Shay, thank you so much for joining us. Um,
1: How long have you and your husband been married and how did you guys meet? Uh, We've been married 23 years. um, And we met when we were teenagers um, through a cousin, my cousin basically. And when did you have your first child? Uh, first child in 94, uh, so he is 26 this year. Um, second child in 97, um, so he's 22 this year. And then uh, third child in '02. Um, and he just turned 18. And what do you, what do you and your husband do? Um, I work for a company that does behind the scene, um, medical stuff. So the stuff that nothing interesting, <laughs> basically, <laughs> basically, uh like when you go to the doctor's office, you get print offs about, uh, your diagnosis and whatever else, um, We put that in layman's terms. So and then drug, drug interactions or the stuff that the printouts you get at the drug store and stuff like that. We put that in layman's terms so you can understand what you actually have or what drug interactions happen. So like if your doctor says, "Okay, you're on this, so I can't put you on this. We've done all that research for that. So. Right. Brad, Nothing. a
4: doctor's Nothing. office is where people go when they have insurance and they need to get looked at. Uh, and a drugstore is actually a place where you can buy medicine, um, mm. not the corner where you, you get your drugs. that why you
2: put your, your hand drugs. up? Was this what you put <laughs> your hand up for?
4: Well, I kept unmuting myself, and I didn't want to step on Ms. Shea because she's actually freaking awesome. Uh, I just figured I'd step on what you had to say.
2: But the thing is that I wasn't the one talking.
4: No, but I, I, if I found a place to interrupt the conversation, or or at least inject my portion of my thought process into something that could dig at Brad, that's what I'm gonna do.
5: Man, I'm, I'm sorry, thought yeah, process, Dan, because I would just call you Derailed Dan. That would be your new name.
4: But we already have a Dan.
5: Yeah, I know.
4: How about sidetrack Finch or something?
5: Yeah, I'll figure something out. Give me a minute.
2: Okay. Okay, so Shay, um, <laughs> tell us about your about your kids.
1: Okay. Um my oldest son is a studio engineer. Uh he also um purchases and sells houses. Um, so sort of like um I'm trying to think of what it's called. Wholesaling is what it's called. So, like, um, if he sees an abandoned property or something like that, he'll contact the owner, uh, see if they want to sell it and find a buyer for it for them to fix it up and, you know, basically make it more habitable for somebody to move into. Um, My middle son, um, he works for a solar energy company. Um, so basically, um, it's for residential, they do commercial too, but he does the residential side. So he works for a solar energy company. Um, my youngest son, like I said, he just turned 18. He, um, graduated this year. Um, the goal for him was to graduate with his barbering license, but of course, because of covid that didn't happen um but he's still working on that he also does um has been doing investments for about a year um so he does that as well for additional income
2: well, even with the barbering thing, I remember you were telling me about it uh, at the dance. Stage. What can you elaborate a little bit more on what he kind of plans to do? Because it's not—he's not just looking to go to like a sport clips or a work.
1: no, he's not. So his goal was by the time he graduated to graduate with his barbering license in hand and to open up a shop. Um, so basically, his whole idea was to purchase a building. And then, of course, the um, booth rent for the barbers who wanted to work in there for for them to pay booth rent, him eventually, you know, pay off the building, but it be his own business. So if he retired from barbering or decided, okay, well, basically, I want to follow this lead, whether it be with his investments or whatever else, that you know he still had one a place to come back to but also you know the business was pretty much somewhat taking care of itself
3: so Did essentially you, ask- you just have okay. damn good kids <laughs>
1: I was going to say
4: Brad brought brought her on to make us all feel like garbage because her three kids are all better off than 80% of the men on this conference.
3: (laughs) They've got life plans. They're going to get together and put together a bank, and then they're going to deny me a loan in like five years.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Not with your new cop salary, they won't. (laughs)
3: Uh, uh, (laughs) All $17.000 an hour.
2: (laughs) That's... that that's that's actually that was what I wanted to talk about. I wanted to get kind of a good background on uh, Shay and her kids and the kind of the family lifestyle because um, your youngest Xavier, uh, I, I'm just gonna let you tell them. Tell us what happened uh, recently with Xavier.
1: Okay, so um, this was actually a few months back. Um, this was in February. It was actually on February first um, Xavier had been cutting hair all day. Um, he cuts hair, you know, during the day he had been cutting hair all day. I had been, um, complaining about a storage closet that having a house and, uh, him and my oldest son decided to clean it out that day. Um, I had just got home, they were cleaning out the closet, you know, and it was, Later in the evening, it was probably about seven in the evening during the time when he got done, he came up to our room and his basically go to is to go, you know, work out after he's been cutting hair all day and, you know, whatever. So uh, hey, not one thing, Shay. Uh-huh. working out is when people
2: go exercise <laughs> and they to become healthier. Uh they usually drink like something like a maybe a water or Gatorade, not necessarily apple juice. Okay, Shay, oh, go ahead.
4: Yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I just chose not to do it. Thank you.
1: <laughs> so anyway, um he had um sold his car that day and um He had come up to ask to use one of our cars so he could go work out. Finch, he already explained what working out (laughs) is.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much.
1: (laughs) He went to go work out, which um, was at the Get Fit off of like Shailen in Washington or whatever. So, He got the car. He left. Um, Maybe 15 minutes later, our oldest son um, called and said that he had gotten into a car accident. And, you know, of course, you know, worried. And I'm just like, okay, how, why, when, you know, what happened? Like he just left here. And at first I thought it was a joke. Um, But then I can tell the seriousness of my son's, voice. So I was just like, okay, no. So anyway, you know, he's just like 16th and Shailen. They just called me where my son had called him and he was just like in a cop hitting. And I was just like, okay. And I was just like, well, you know, okay. You know, we're getting up, we're getting ready. So on and so forth. And he's just like, well, they said to meet him at Eskenazi. And I said, well, that doesn't make sense because the closest hospital to there is community. He's just like, I don't know. That's what they said. Okay. So um, me and my husband get on our clothes. We head out to Eskenazi. When we got there, um, our oldest son and our middle son was already there. Um, And um, when I walked in, I asked my oldest son what was going on and he it was just like they said, he's not here yet. So just um, history-wise, in general, with everything, my first thought was, okay, because one, we live way east, <laughs> and they were closer, um, and my first thought was, okay, they done something to my child, because they should have beat us here, especially, you know, in an ambulance, so I dropped that thought from my head, and, um, he, my son was acting, like, a little irritated, and I'm like, okay, what's wrong, I keep asking him what's wrong, he keeps saying nothing, and so, um, we're sitting there because she said, you know, they just may have not pulled up yet. We're sitting there. We're waiting. Um, 30 minutes go past. And which by the way, you're
2: already in probably, I think most parents nightmare.
1: Just yes. Hearing your child's at, at that point I had a lot going through my head, like, okay, you know, 10 minutes pass. Okay. Now considering that they were probably 15 minutes closer to the hospital than we were. And then I'm sitting here for 10 minutes. Like, how were they, how,
2: when you were asking about his whereabouts and stuff, how were they, like, how were they coming across to you? Were they, were they, was the hospital staff helpful? Were they, you know, argumentative? Like what was, how was their reaction? They were very nonchalant. Um, which I believe is one of the worst things that you could hear as, as a parent of someone yes. seeming to not care about your child who you've been told is in an accident.
1: Yes. So um, when I went up to the desk, I asked the nurse, I said, OK, we've been waiting. My son should have been here a while ago. And um, he's a minor. Like, I, is he OK? Is like, what's going on? And so she said, well, um, they're here. He's been arrested. And and I said, w- what? And I said, arrested for what? I, I don't know. I don't know that I, I, I'm not sure. Uh, but, and so I was just like, okay. And she said, well, um, the cop is going to come up and he's going to speak to you. Okay. So we're sitting there a little bit longer. Um, and like I said, I was seeing my oldest son was, um, agitated. So I asked him again because I went over there to tell them and they're all like, what, what for, you know, everybody looking at everybody and we don't know what's going on. And, um, so he said when he came in and he asked about him she just automatically said, "Well, he's probably been arrested." And How would she know that? <laughs> that that was the thing cuz my my son was just like, "You know, I was I was trying to think she wasn't just going, "Okay, black guy, okay, he's been arrested." So, I'm uh, what I have found out since then, because I try to look at everything in the big picture and look from both sides. Um, What I have found out since then, apparently um, Eskenazi has something with the state. And anytime any accident happens or whatever, like in, in especially if they're going to be arrested, they automatically take them there. So I okay, guess so she just assumed because he was coming there. That's yes. That's what I'm going to go with. It's
5: probably <laughs> like, honestly, it's probably where they do their blood draws for the, for the state, for the city, for when they have a like any, probably any accident involving an officer. I would assume the officer would have to get a blood draw as well. So that's probably just where they do the blood draws
4: for, for the investigations. But the officer is not her son. Her son was Xavier going to the gym, 17-year-old man, well,
5: young man. Correct, but he was, I mean, it's still an officer-involved wreck, so I could understand why they would go to Eskenazi if that's the case.
3: Then the other part of it is, it's de-escalating. You know, somebody is probably more willing to go with you, to see, if you say, we're going to the hospital, and then you arrest them there as opposed to we're going to arrest you and then we're going to try to get the blood drawn and all this other stuff. To tell somebody we're going to take you to the hospital and treat you, it's de They knew what they were doing, but they were also trying to make sure that they didn't have, you know, confrontation or him get out of control, which they is also, bullshit.
0: Like, they needed to get him to the hospital quickly because in their mind, they needed the blood drawn fast. So it was a case of who has time to read rights and all that crap and if we tell him he's under arrest and he gets a phone call and so rightly or wrongly their idea in further usual would be to go quickly to a hospital it is insane that they wouldn't in the case of a minor talk to a parent first
5: they they have like, like I, they they have to like they have to inform a parent where their minor child is right so, well, like, and, procedurally,
0: I get why they would do the hospital and all that, but not talking to the parents
2: is insane.
4: I'd like to talk to the parent. Ms. Shea, go
2: ahead. <laughs> well, first of all, Shea, uh, that, what is Xavier's
1: uh, history with uh, drugs, uh, if any? Okay. So, um, <clears throat> no, Xavier is, or was, since he has now graduated, basically an A-B student. He was on honor roll. Um he um is basically a very strong-willed child. Like I said, you know, his plan was to graduate with his barbering license in hand, open up a spot, and he does investments as well. So, you know that and, and then not only that, like who would literally smoke weed and go to the gym? Like, that's a heart attack waiting to happen no matter how old you are.
4: (laughs) Does Rob do that? Rob, your eyes look like you look.
1: uh, Rob,
3: (laughs) how long ago is the question?
5: (laughs) What's the statute of limitation? 10 years, so like
4: 22 years ago, Rob.
1: really i can't even imagine <laughs> but. who's gonna
4: go get blazed and be like oh i'm gonna do these 15 pound curls oh yeah. three joe rogan i'm gonna go take a nap joe rogan
5: and rob uh, uh, i like that finch thinks 15 pound curls are strenuous <laughs> <laughs> uh
2: well what all you're putting in your body is uh, uh, apple juice made concentrate so shay you're at the hospital. They say the officer is going to come talk to you. How long was it before the officer actually came and spoke to
1: you? It was another 45 minutes. Um, and you don't know why he's been arrested at this point. And I don't know why he's been arrested. You don't know all what right. condition he's in physically, probably. I don't either. know what condition he's in. I don't know basically anything at this point. And so we're all on pins and needles sitting there. Um I got up a couple of times to go back to the front desk to, you know, talk to them um, to see where we were. It was when I went up there the second time, it was sort of like um, somewhat like she had forgotten about me and she was just like, oh, um, something happened back there. Um, He'll be up here to talk to you in a minute and then of course, you know, another ten, fifteen minutes go. Wait, that's she she said to you
2: something happened back there. Yes. Yeah, so so you would be up to talk to you. so just another vague leaving you in the dark, uh, yes. basically just was starting to have had to feel like just the you know putting you off. Yes, pretty
1: much. And um so I had asked, you know, if he was okay. And she said, oh, it, it was it was with someone else back there. So I was just like, okay. And she was just like, oh, he'll be up here. He'll be up here to talk to you. So, okay, we wait longer. Um, finally, see um, a cop come out. He stands at the desk and he jokes with them for five, 10 minutes or whatever. So I'm assuming, you know, it's not the cop that's supposed to come up to talk to us. But then he comes over. And So instead of going and talking to the parent
2: directly who's been sitting here now for over an hour with no information or knowledge of the welfare and condition of her child, mm-hmm. he stops by the desk to shoot the shit for <laughs> 10 minutes. Then yeah. go over and do what, he should have, what they should have done initially when you first arrived. Exactly. And was the officer white or black?
1: He was white. And what, what
2: happens next? What does he say to you?
1: So he comes over, um, he asks if me and my husband are the parents, we say yes. And then he asks, you know, who my sons were and we said, you know, his brothers. And he said, okay. And he was just like, well, um, first I want to commend you on raising an excellent young man blah, 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 you know, he goes and, and but with me, I'm still like, okay, one, is he okay?
2: Wait, wait, what did he, what were the things he was giving, like, what were the
1: reasons, did he say he speaks so well? Yes, he said he is very well spoken. Um, <laughs> did
5: that mean he was using big words? Or... <laughs> Rob, I quit. I'm quitting for you.
1: <laughs> so he says, you know, he's very well spoken and um, he was polite and um, that I can't remember his exact words, but it was sort of like it, it was sort of different and shocking or whatever. So he wasn't uh, coming up and talking to me
2: in bonics to trying to sell me crack. You just <laughs> you're such a fine young man. Right, exactly. It
5: it was very unusual to have that interaction with a young African-American man.
1: Yes. His words didn't even write he, <laughs> he spoke. He Did right. he
3: inquire about his jump shot? And it, if he had <laughs> had right. Look,
1: exactly. What was next? Right. Uh, so, um, you know, immediately, like in my head, I'm going, okay, you, you're giving all these quote-unquote compliments, but you're arresting him for what? So he says, you know, um, we put him under arrest for driving under the influence. So me and my family, like, we're literally looking at each other like, what? And so, you know, like, driving under the influence, and he was just like, well— um, he, um, he said not drinking, but marijuana and, you know, I'm still like, what? And he said, well, um, we had someone at the scene say that they smelled marijuana on him. Um, so, we, I did a field sobriety test, which I had never heard of for marijuana, but okay.
4: <laughs> because they don't exist.
1: Okay.
0: And also, he'd just gotten into a fucking car wreck. You yeah, think he's going to be, like, he's going to be at the height of his game and know his ABCs backwards and walk in a straight line after a fucking car
1: accident? Exactly.
0: Fucking ridiculous.
1: <laughs> so... um he said that he did the pen test <laughs> where
5: that's the the follow the it's,
3: follow yeah the
1: pen. it's yeah. called the
4: horizontal gaze nystagmus yeah.
1: yeah so he he did that um he said which he passed but then he had him close his eyes and open them I think he said three or four times. I can't even remember how many times he said. Anyway, do that, and his eyelids had movement in them when he closed them. So that was a failure.
5: Hey, hey, has anyone ever been in like a really scary situation, and your body kind of like hypes up, um, and and you know, you're like you're really tense and everything feels like it's going in slow motion except for your body, you know, like an adrenaline rush, just throwing that
0: out. No, I'm always 100% just calm and focused when I'm talking to the police and worried I'm going to get shot because I just hit their car. Literally the
3: one part of your body you cannot control. Outside of the penis of a 13-year-old boy. Literally the one part (laughs) of your body you can't control. Well, that moved. So,
4: Clearly. Right, which is why the horizontal gaze nystagmus test that is uh, actually certified by NHTSA, National Highway Safety Transportation Administration, that's why it works, because your eyes jerk at at, uh, a farther out angle. As far farther you go from zero percent out to the side, they start jerking when you're under the influence of alcohol and some other substances. But guess what? It doesn't work when you're on – on weed, when you're smoking weed, or when you've wow. had THC. <laughs> that, the that's
2: the test. widest thing you've said since you drank apple juice.
5: Yeah, like, for for drink for drink driving, for drunk driving, there's only three tests that are certified um, and admissible in court. So it's the walk the line test, the stand on one foot and count, and the eye test.
2: Which, by but the
4: way, would have been closing, understandable for them to fail eyes, all of
2: them.
5: Cl- closing your eyes and uh, not having your eyelids move—not a real test. Just
2: so when he tells you this news, what 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 are your what's your initial thought when when he tells you that's why he's under arrest? Because I mean, at first I'm sure when he tells you he's under arrest, you're you're searching your brain and everything, and then to tell you it's for he's someone someone not even him. The officer didn't even say he's sm- somebody smelled weed. Yes, exactly. Someone um, smelled
5: weed at 16th and Shadeland. Let me just point that out. 16th and Shadeland at 10 o'clock at night. Someone smelled weed. The whole area smells like weed, especially at 10 o'clock at night.
1: Exactly. Um, I mean, with me, I was still honestly somewhat in a fog of, okay, being a mom my youngest child has been in a car accident now he's back there although they're telling me he's okay i don't physically see him um and still thinking about the amount of time it took them to get there um like there were ten thousand and one things going through my head and i imagine he's
2: terrified because uh i mean especially young black man who knows he knows he's being basically set up and being falsely arrested. The next, the next like step in that is usually tragedy.
1: Yes, exactly. So, um, yeah, it was just, it was just a series of of thoughts and emotions really going through my head of, um, you know, him, working so hard in regards to school, you know, everything, and to be arrested for, and, and I'm not me nor my husband or one of those naive parents that swear our children can do no wrong or any of that. I would always tell my kids, if you get in trouble at school, you know, then you better believe I'm going to believe that teacher or whoever called me before I believe you until you show me proof otherwise. Because I felt like if you pretty much stayed out of sight, out of mind, sort of, then okay, you're you're not going to be in trouble. But if you're putting yourself in that position, then okay. And I also know you can be guilty by association, And that's what we've always taught our children to watch who you hang around and who they hang around. So, you know, you're not in a predicament that you don't need to be in. Which is why
4: I only talk to Brad on the on a computer.
1: (laughs) Guilty by association. Um, So. Basically, at that point, he tells us that um, he did a blood draw back there, um, that he, you know, let him know he was doing the blood draw and what he was doing it for, and that they're waiting on that to come back, but he'll be taken to the juvenile center because, like I said, during the time he was a minor. Um And he told us that we could probably just leave directly from there and go pick him up because they will probably release him tonight.
4: Isn't that blood draw illegal under the Fourth Amendment of the Constitution since he's a minor and you did not give him permission to do a search of that child's blood? Thank you, Dan.
1: (laughs) and, And honestly, that is the same thing that I thought the way. Honestly, the way everything went down, especially after we got to talk to our son, everything was um, totally backwards and totally to me, you know, not by the book and everything. And basically he said that he had legal right to do it because someone smelled weed and he failed one of the tests so that is why um he was able to do it according to him
2: yeah and as a parent i mean you're 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 still just worried about getting your kid back they that's a that's an opportunity they can take advantage of that they can they can play off of like you've already been put through the ringer so you're already you know not probably i imagined you know like you're not gonna be, you're not at a point where you're gonna be able to call that out and be like, "No, nah, actually, legally, you know, cite precedent." <laughs> right. You're just, you're still in a panicked mode, and you've already been going through so much, and it's already been, you know, over an hour and a half, I think, by this point, of uh, of just one of the most I can imagine the the how how much stress was in that, you know, was in that emergency room. Right. And so he take they take him to juvenile hall. Did you go over there and meet him? Were you able to? Was he so, released? Yes.
1: So we go over there to meeting, uh, to getting released. They let us in and then they call us in the back, in the back and do basically a whole interview. We're like, of course, you know, we've never been through this ever. So it was just like, really, weird, really uncomfortable, um, do either of us do drugs? Do we have guns in the home? Um, is he affiliated with a gang? Um, what are his grades like? What it, his school, does he go to school? Does he skip school? Does he, you, you know, like, is, you know, um, does he have a curfew? Um, just everything. And it was just, yeah, just really
4: and uh-huh. that was all. That was all at the juvenile detention center. So you, before you could even see him there, right? Yes. Yeah, I haven't gone through this yet because my kids are still young. But if you want a twelve, a fourteen-year-old girl, I can drop you one off because <laughs> you, you did all right so far.
1: Good luck, considering I have all boys. According to me, um, uh, a girl cannot survive in our household because I'm too hard.
4: Well, and Finch. She ain't going to survive much longer in mine if she don't get her <laughs> ish together.
2: Finch, Finch, you also haven't gone through this yet because your kids are probably, I imagine, just as, you know, pasty white as you are. So I don't think you'll have to worry too much about somebody smelling marijuana at the scene.
4: No, the oldest actually got expelled from her freshman year of high school for smoking in the bathroom and uh, had to take a blood test at school. So, yeah. And-
2: and that's yeah, but she
0: was actually avenues. doing it.
4: <laughs> <laughs> also a very fair point,
2: sir. <laughs> I'm applauding you. That that was that, that was amazing. Yeah. And so,
3: that's the definition of white privilege.
2: Yeah. yeah. Um, with three and a half of us have that here. Uh, so Sorry, the half is Dan. We should probably explain that Dan. If you if you haven't listened to a few episodes, uh, we learned Dan is half black. So, okay. uh, uh, So you would you when were you able to actually like you get through the interview? Is are you now allowed to see your son?
1: No. Um. So we get through the interview. They have us go sit back out there, and she tells us that now she has to interview him. Um, and then they would release him. Um, they set him up for, he, um, they set him up for a court date on the following Monday, which was, you know, just a few days away. Um, and she said, oh, what was it? I can't remember what oh, she said, but no, we weren't allowed to see him then.
2: So they're about to interview, again, this 17-year-old minor who has not been allowed to speak to his parent or guardian and who just went through a car accident.
3: They're now about to
2: interview him. Um,
1: what, what happens question? after that?
3: Quick question. Did yeah. they the ask you for permission?
1: permission? Oh, hold on. Hold on. Uh, no. Um, basically they had us sign some saying that um we were interviewed um and she just told us you know it was part of the whole process um that she would um oh she said that she somewhat was going to ask him the same questions. Um, And that was, that was pretty much it. Was the person
5: that interviewed you, was it an officer or was it like a CPS caseworker?
1: Um, I want to say she was a CPS caseworker or, um, What did she say she was? I want to say she was like a probation officer or something because um, she, you know, because basically she, I guess handles any case that comes in. Okay. She didn't really tell us exactly who she was when we came in, but I didn't see a badge or anything on her hip or anything like that.
5: Because A CPS caseworker or some sort of like uh, justice social worker um, Mm -hmm. would make sense where they would interview the parents and then say, "Okay, we're going to interview the child, Um, which, I mean, as long as they notify you that you're they're interviewing the child, you don't have to be present for that interview because it is a a child protective issue.
3: Yeah, That's also a workaround for the cops. That's a yeah. workaround for the cops where the thing should be like because the cops know, like, if you say you want a lawyer, you're, the fact of the matter is in the situation, you should have been asked. Did, they should ask for permission. They brought in a social worker because now they're going to try to put it on you right. as being a bad parent. When the fact of the matter is they should have been like, you know what? We're not an attorney. We're not talking to anybody.
4: Yeah, because there was a little case called Miranda v. Arizona where they say you have to be told about your rights and you have to be told about having a lawyer present, Uh, something to the effect of if you don't have a lawyer, we can even give you one that can be present during your questioning. I think, I mean, I don't know. Don't quote me.
0: Well, yeah, like the idea of bringing a social worker in is the same thing as you guys were talking about earlier, as far as we're going to say we're going to take him to the hospital to keep things calm because even if it's not a cop, the cops are obviously going to read the statements. Like, it's not... He might not be talking to a cop, but he's still absolutely talking to a cop because they're going to read all the statements. They're going to use it in court if they feel that it's appropriate. So he might as well be talking to a cop, even if he's talking to somebody with a degree in social work. Like, they still work for the cops.
2: So when he gets finished being interviewed... Uh, are you then
1: allowed to see him? So yes. Um they finally send him. How out. many hours has it been since you said um, at, at this point, so he got into the car accident uh right before ten, like a little after nine. Um so at this point it's like one thirty in the morning. Jesus.
2: Four and a half hours
1: yes so um you know we get into the car we're still I think all of us still reeling from everything so we're driving um a lot happened in between time that I I didn't really say but um pretty much we're driving I don't smell weed I don't smell you know (laughs) like he still smells like the cologne that, you know, he had on from the day. Like, that's what I'm smelling. But um, so anyway, <laughs> we get home um, and our child just being the responsible child that he is. The first thing he does is go in his room. Like I said, he sold his car that day and had deposited the money in the bank. He came and gave us set on the bed um, because my door was, you know, still open when we got home. So he came set on the bed, the money he had in his wallet, the um, his bank card, his um, cash app card, his PayPal card, everything. And was just like, I'm going to get you guys' this car fixed. I know it's Total. I know I have to buy another one. So on and so forth. Like, that was what was on his mind. And Which is strange coming from a gang member <laughs>
2: crack selling, you know, rapping uh, Yeah, right.
4: he was on the weed though.
1: Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. He, he was so high of his mind that he decided to just come give us, you know, everything. When he gets I would drunk have assumed he that he would have brought
5: to it to me. you in like, in like fives and tens and just like a bundle. <laughs> right. <it> <laughs> I,
0: uh, I did have one quick thought from earlier mm-hmm. as far as this test to prove he was high. Mm-hmm. I've been on an adrenaline rush when I was high before and I definitely didn't still seem high. So like if he had just hit a cop car even if it was temporary, dude was not feeling high in that moment. Like, even if somebody felt it, if he had been on weed, he did not seem high in that moment. So this idea of him failing a sobriety test is some bullshit. It's not like booze where it just permeates your entire being.
4: Dan, the white is coming out of you. You said on weed.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I don't want that to become, I don't want that to become like a thing. I was Uh, trying
0: to do a callback to Finch's statement. (laughs)
2: <laughs> okay, so uh, so your your uh son has offered to pay for the car and everything else. Uh, I mean what was is the date, what happens at the, the court uh date the following uh week? So
1: um actually like in between then the next morning because basically we said we were gonna talk about everything the next morning and let everybody just you know, been a long day. Let everybody try to get some sleep, and so the next morning he wakes up to uh, Texas calls everything from friends um, with a headline about the accident, and so he forwards it to us and. The headline is Teenager Arrested for Driving Intoxicated After Crashing into an IMPD Vehicle. So... Sorry, oh, could you repeat that? Teenager Arrested for Driving Intoxicated After Crashing into IMPD Vehicle. Well, and I
2: think uh, one of the articles you sent me the headline was even uh allegedly, alleged intoxicated driver.
1: Yes. So they Oh no, sorry, that's in the story because no, of course you wouldn't put that in story. the headline. Yeah, they but wouldn't put the that headline, in the headline. Yes.
0: And on the post that IMPD shared on Facebook, it was very clear they were accusing him of like they implied heavily that he was drunk in yeah, the Facebook a, post because they shared like the Super Bowl in. Sunday. Yes. Like, so was- basically
1: making an, an example out of him. Oh, or, they turned him
0: into a supervillain.
1: Yes.
4: <laughs> hey, I read one of these uh, articles as well, and it had a picture of the police car. Yes. And it's the very front of the police car that's exactly. messed up. And I was just curious how the hell you're able to crash directly into the front Bumper of a police car.
1: Exactly. You
4: got to be super on weed for that.
1: Yes, you do. That was some hybrid weed. You know, it's 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 a different strain. I think it costs like <laughs> a, a thousand dollars, like a gram. Or That's the Snoop like that. the Snoop
4: Dog whizzle whizzle.
1: <laughs> this that right there, what
2: you just said was the most proof. Your son has never ever heard of weed. Like <laughs> <laughs> this is the lineage he's coming from. You are basically Black Finch. They're
0: uh, talking about thousand dollars <laughs> a gram hybrid weed. That's fucking. Phenomenal. That's the name of the episode, right there.
2: <laughs> so, um, so what were your thoughts when you saw that headline and that article?
1: So when I saw it, um, I was. First off, I was I was very angry. Um, and it's hard to get me angry. So I was, you know, extremely angry because not only that, mind you, in between time, in between us going from the hospital to the juvenile center, we were somewhat on that side of town. We're thinking we're going to go pick up Our car because you know they charge ridiculous every couple of hours so we try to go get our car um it's dark they're only allowing my husband back so he went back there when he came back he the first thing he said was i have no idea how he's not hurt and how they're telling us he's not hurt because the whole driver's side of the car smashed in. Um, three of the wheels were flat. Um, the driver's side of the car that was smashed in, the windows were busted as well. And so quick, he was in the airbag had went off.
3: Pause real quick. I'm sorry. So Mm-mm. the front end to Finch's Point of the police car smashed in but the side of your car is crashed in but he ran into the police car
1: yes exactly. exactly that is
3: some fast
4: and furious drift action that's had to be what he did
1: yes he did the whole 360 thing you know i saw that I, I don't know. Noticed, uh in
2: all of the like news articles and picture stuff they show the cop car mm-hmm. but they don't show your car Right. There's not a photo of your car. It's only the photo of the cop car with the front end smashed in so that it can look like this officer was struck by this crazed drunk on weed gangbanger, you know, you know with the most dangerous weapon in the world, the side of a car.
3: What a yeah. thousand gram of weed. <laughs>
2: <Thousand> <laughs>
3: dollars a gram weed hybrid. <laughs> like a
4: Prius.
1: <laughs> Okay. Apparently, I got the weed thing wrong. <laughs>
2: we have we have three of our uh, three of our five Mount Rushmores for this episode. It's going to be the Mount Rushmore of white things Finch has said. And as of right now, we have apple juice, on weed, and Prius. Uh, those are the three.
4: I guarantee so, there's more coming.
1: <laughs> okay, so you know, like I said, I was really upset in regards to the article um but more upset for him because he was extremely upset about it and was just like so they're just going to put a bunch of lies out there regarding me and you know I can't even defend myself and you know my friends and whoever else is looking at this and you know, of course, I'm thankful. Okay, but they couldn't because he's a minor, so they couldn't put his name in the paper. They yeah, but the thing up. is, you know how it
2: is. I mean, it, yeah, it,
1: but at the thinks, same time, simply because knows. of the description and everything, you know, anyone who knew us who read that, you know, pretty much can, you know, it it just it was not good. Anyway, so we had the conversation with him in regards to, you know, what happened, um, so on and so forth. So he explains to us, you know, he's going um, southbound on Shailen, um, crossing, about to cross the intersection. He's like 50 feet from the intersection, the light turns yellow as he Going, he you know sees this cop car on the northbound side in the turning lane, and he just turned, and he said he couldn't swerve; it wasn't anything that he could do to avoid it or whatever. My son's car, our car, skidded over in front of I don't know if you guys are familiar with that intersection, but skidded over in front of CVS. Um, he said um, a guy came to help him out of the car uh, who happened to be an off duty police officer. Um, he came to help him out of the car and he Set in the grass, right there in front of CVS.
4: Did that off-duty police officer smell weed?
1: Well, see, and that was the thing, and that's what he kept telling us. Just have him, him, you know, um, come if I can, you know, if we can find out his name, blah blah blah, you know, so on and so forth, and just based on reality in our lives, we were just like, okay, well he's going to put being a cop before anything else. And so he's going to side with everyone else. But, okay, maybe, maybe it's a possibility. But as he continued telling us the story, we thought, okay, well, no, we have no chest in hell at this point because um, he said he's never seen so many cop cars in his life um the police report that we finally received there there were 15 policemen on scene um so as he's like i said sitting in the grass nobody's concerned about if he's okay if anything um woman police officer comes over to him ask him what what he's been drinking and he's just like excuse me and she said what what have you been drinking he said I haven't been drinking anything what have you been smoking I haven't been smoking anything well what what, what drugs are you on what you know like it was just you know and then she walked away um, he had a couple more cops pretty much do the same thing to him come over for that not are you okay do you you know nothing so um, he said you know pretty much the whole time it was like they pretty much forgot about him other than you know because the um, they had you know let him try to call us Um, he said he tried to call me but my phone never rang Um, and that he couldn't remember his dad's number because of course he had just gotten in a car accident and he was just like and no one knows phone numbers anymore right but that's the thing is we always make it a point for all of our kids to know everybody's phone number in our immediate family just in case and um so he that's how he ended up calling my son and you know like I said my oldest son said you know like as he's on the phone talking to him he said you know a cop ran into me it wasn't you, you know so hit a cop Yes. So if you're going to lie about something, you're not going to lie in front of somebody who's a witness or another cop or, you you know, like, no, you're, you know. So anyway, um, he said they finally, you know, took the cop um, in the ambulance and he said it was sort of like they sort of forgot about him and was just like, well, um, like, where they took to the cop in the ambulance. Yeah. Not the 17 year old. No, no. Cause I, I guess we was going to sustain his life. I don't, I don't know.
4: That is actually a proven fact to listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. You'll, you'll agree. Mm-hmm. I think if a vehicle that is struck in the front and another vehicle struck in the side, mm-hmm. generally, if the one that was, Making the illegal left turn without yielding to the teenager who's driving straight in the southbound lane, he probably sustained more injuries. And that, not that I'm defending the cops in this point, no, but no, no. he might have had worse injuries because I think your son was well spoken for a for a black male. Okay.
2: So we have our fourth. <laughs> <laughs> We're just gonna put all of that up there.
0: Well, the fifth is the detective Pikachu poster on his wall. <laughs> uh,
2: so uh, did, when you got, he, is that, the, is there anything uh, else to the story that he told you guys or?
1: So um, basically they um, called the ambulance to come get him. He didn't find out that he was arrested until he overheard the ambulance driver and the police officer talking And the police officer told the ambulance driver he was under arrest. Well,
3: so he was arrested before he was read his rights. Yes. They never
1: read him his rights. He said they never read them to him. him him.
3: Yeah. To my
4: point, you can be arrested without being read your rights, but you cannot be questioned without being read your rights. Thank you.
1: So. Oh, Rob, uh, you're the
3: cop, not me, remember? It's, I mean, it's 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 a level of bullshit here that's mm-hmm. absolutely ridiculous. Um, there are a couple of things. One, we don't want to step on your story, so we no, all probably fine. have a lot that we want to say. No, 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 no. This is your story. This is your space. Um, we really do want to know, like, after th- after that night and then, like, everything else that's happened since mm-hmm. then, but we don't want to step on your toes.
1: Okay. No, you're fine. So, um, basically, he said, you know, they didn't... Read him his rights or anything. Um they, you know, took him to the hospital. He said he didn't know. He he well, no, okay. When they were going to the hospital, he asked the cop who was riding with him why he was under arrest. And the cop did not answer him. So um You know, he gets there um, and basically, you know, that's when they did the sobriety test and um, drew his blood and stuff. The thing is, is the cop who came out and talked to us made it seem like he did the sobriety test out there, like at 16th and Shaylin. Um, which, you know, our son, you know, his story was different than that.
2: And then, so let's fast forward a little bit. Uh, when I, I want to know what happens when you go to court that next week?
1: So we go to court and, um, they give us a public defender who is apparently, um, retiring by the end of the next month. So they give us this public defender. He just tells us, you know, we just need to go in here. They're going to say, you know, what he's charged with. And, okay, so we go in there, um, and they said we had to sit at the table with him since he was a minor. And the judge reads everything, and so he Tells my son that he cannot drive until the next, um, court date. Um, he'll be on probation and they're assigning him a probation officer. Um, and. this Is that the for, initial court hearing? Yes. They we're, their- we're thinking they're just going to read. What they're quote unquote charging him with, like the public defender told us, but he then tells my son (laughs) he cannot drive
2: and that he's on probation until the next court date.
1: Yes, pretty. Yes.
2: What, what, because okay, so I literally recently just went through probation and it was after well over a year of going to different court dates to where they just basically like take one baby step forward and yeah. tell you to like you show up and they do like Lisa they just read you what happened and then they go come back this day I don't understand why they put why did they put him on probation exactly and so th- like not, that doesn't make it's,
3: it it's not probation so in another life I was a pre-trial release officer which is similar to a probation officer mm-hmm. um so when you are going through trial there are restrictions a judge can put on you And especially as a juvenile, the judge has a lot, a lot of latitude as far as what they can instruct somebody to do or not do. So, yeah, that's like this is what you're not going to do since you're not locked up right now. You're not going to do these things. So, it's 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 pretrial conditions before the trial and before any potential conviction.
2: Okay. Okay. Uh, and i imagine they do that with all the white kids as well um, like it just it feels again like like you were saying earlier rob like it's just another workaround for them and it almost feels like they were bitter
3: but at that point in time you know so the system is already in place. so the the cop and the cop's buddies in the hospital everybody understood how to manipulate the system so all they had to do was get the ball rolling at this point in time in front of the courtroom the judge is going to be like, okay, you're not locked up. You're going through this right now. You're going through a hearing. You're going to – did everything just go crazy? Yeah. It's – I think
4: it's yeah, – That was me too. We got to get Miss Shea back.
1: Yeah, the whole I'm thing went haywire.
4: Yeah, but like. It looks
5: like video – there it goes. It's coming back.
4: I think IMPD is has hacked its way into our our uh, <laughs> conference now. <laughs> Not you, Rob. I meant like the actual no. other, like real police. I came up on
2: NWA. Fuck the police. <laughs> oh, Shay, hit your little video button.
0: That that'll be on the uh, the oh. other Mount Rushmore. It'll be the blackest things Rob has said. <laughs>
1: Where'd she go?
3: Love it. She might have hung up.
1: No, I'm here.
3: We do not even see your icon or anything for you.
5: I see her icon still in the call at the top.
0: Um, Yeah, icon's on the top right corner of the screen if you're on a laptop.
5: I don't know about phones. Do you have an icon that looks like a video camera?
1: Yeah, and I'm clicking it. Can you hear me?
5: We can hear you. You might need to uh, hang up and rejoin the call. Okay. Brad, you're still recording, right? Yeah.
3: Yep.
5: Okay.
4: Even if he wasn't, we would start recording again and cut the craziness out. Yeah.
5: I just want to make sure we don't lose
1: anything.
4: Like we already did earlier. Yeah.
1: You see me? Oh, oh, yep, yeah. there it is.
2: Okay.
5: And Rob as usual has left, but he'll be back, I'm sure.
2: Uh okay. So
1: he's on probation. Yes. Until the next when was the next court date? So um the next court date was let me think. It was the they first
2: get, of February, right?
1: Yes. So, um, the next one was supposed to be March.
2: Um. then COVID-19 hashtag we're all in this together. Well, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. It was supposed to be the beginning of March and that was, and that was fine, you know? So at this point, because, um, a few things happened. So, um. The that's when the uh, public defender lets us know basically he'll be passing the case to somebody else because he's retiring <laughs> uh, the ground um, veteran on his last case. And that um, that person would be in contact with us. So um at this point, because of the way sort of Everything went down in court, sort of, you know, blindsided in us, you know, him being put on probation, all of that. We're going, okay, can we get up the money to get him an actual lawyer and not a public defend, Not that public defenders are not actual lawyers, but. No, the one you had was not an actual lawyer. Like, <laughs> okay. right, now, right. right now, right now, he's, he's retired, not hiring he's now not an actual lawyer right so um basically we are looking at people but we're like okay we're gonna give the new public defender a chance and let's see you know what happens well he doesn't contact us he contacts our son directly um And so we found that to be odd, especially considering, you know, still he's a minor. I understand he's going to be representing him, but it seems like, you know, you would want to talk to the parents as well. So he contacted him um, and basically it boiled down to him saying, basically, he needs to take a plea and that um, pretty much that's his best bet. And, um, he's a minor anyway. And, you know, he'll probably get, you know, this amount of probation and this, that, and other, and all this other stuff. And so at this point we're like, no, like we really need to look for someone and we're just going to have to, you know, pay the money because, you know, it's not fair to him regardless of, If you're a minor and it, you know, it's supposed to get expunged off your record, but everyone knows, no, basically, if they want to look at that, they'll look at it, you know, and I didn't want him to have to go through life with this, another tag on his back for something that he didn't do. So we found another lawyer, um... In between time, the uh, probation officer called to check in um, one day when I was picking him up for staying after for barbering she called and so she talked to me for a little bit and explained she'll be checking in a few times before the court date um ask if he's been driving and you know just normal stuff and how's he doing in school and you know, um, just, you know, general questions. And then she talked to him for a little bit and, you know, that was it. She said she'd be calling again in a couple of weeks and that's, you know, what she did. We found another lawyer um, and had our meeting with her because the next um, court appearance was supposed to be lawyers only so it was gonna be you know our lawyer and then end um the state's lawyer and um so we went to meet with her and everything went okay we went through everything everything was you know good we felt good and confident about everything. And I... And what was, was this? This was... Um, this was more so like the end of... Sort of like the middle of February at this point. Because, you know, they just sort of had everything somewhat back to back I guess you can say um, so we meet with her go through everything I'm you know cuz they told us the guy who who the cop who came out to talk to us told us that the toxicology should be back in a couple of days and we you know still hadn't heard anything so I asked her about that asked her you know if the cop had been tested for anything or you know whatever simply because at this point in so many ways I, I somewhat feel like we're fighting for my son's life and like you know I want every piece of evidence there is so um we go through all of that And she's supposed to be in court the following Thursday. Um, In between time, his probation officer calls again. And we go over, you know, everything, her usual questions with me and then her talking to him. And then she tells me basically. No. No that particular time yes we did that and then she called again the next time before the court date, before the lawyers was supposed to go and he wasn't home yet because he had stayed after school to get extra hours for barbering and um so she tells me well she can just go up to the school to do his probation interview and i'm like uh no <laughs> like who wants that? Like, and she was just like, "Well, if I don't talk," I said, oh, "Okay, no, no." Like, you call his phone <laughs> because, like, no. So, um, you know, she talked to me for a little bit, and then she called him and got in contact with him, um, and did everything. You was okay. Did you get the toxicology results? Yes, got the toxicology report. Now, mind you, also in between time we're arguing with the insurance company, our insurance company, because they, because the police said that my son, you know, ran into them. And like when I first explained the story to them, okay, you know, the same thing Finch said, you know, the person turning needs to yield, da, 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 so on and so forth. So it went from that to, my son ran a red light uh, and it, like it just, you know, went everywhere. So basically we're arguing with the insurance company at that point. But anyway, got the toxicology report back when they uh, when the lawyers went to court. Charges was dropped because, of course, he didn't have anything in his system. Um, but it's just like, OK. My son has gone through all of this for what? Because, it, you know, this cop chooses to turn for, I guess he automatically assumes any uncommon traffic if you don't have on your lights just because you're a cop in a cop car is supposed to yield for you and whatever.
4: Fun fact, Miss Shea, if, mm-hmm. if a police officer is driving with their emergency lights on, they mm-hmm. still have to clear that intersection, and it is still their responsibility if they get in an accident, because oh, wow. that doesn't allow them to just disobey all the rules. They are still responsible for maintaining a safe vehicle. Oh wow! That's just fun fact of the day.
1: Well, thank you for that fun fact. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so now, so now let's
2: let's look at this. You're you're now left with this where. And this, they, I'm honest, I'm actually expecting. I'm guessing they expected you guys to be grateful that the charges were dropped, because so, because what what's happened now is your son has now had his name slandered, uh, he's gone through a traumatic experience, money you guys have spent on attorneys and everything, and. Again, they expect you guys to be grateful because they just went ahead and did the right thing and ended the nightmare. And yep. now you're left with just picking up the pieces. And again, it's supposed to be gracious that that they have the decency to, to
1: not charge your son with a crime he never committed. Yes. So, yes, pretty much, yes. But I guess what's even worse is... At this point, um, like I said, you know, the battle with the insurance company. And so, um, they said that they were only paying off part of our car because, um, they were given $25,000 to fix the cop's car, which, um, okay. But (laughs) now, um, recently, not too long ago, we find out that the cop is suing us for $100,000 for injuries sustained. Now, on their Facebook page, and it says that in that article that I sent you, Brad, on their Facebook page, they had on there that neither the cop or the child received any injuries, but all of a sudden he has a hundred thousand dollars worth of injuries. Um, not only that in between time, um because you know, of course, we're still trying to figure out why you know there are fifteen cops out there, and not one of them decided to stand up for my son and do the right thing. Not only, you know, ask if he was okay in general, but um, the whole thing in regards to smelling weed and whatever, like, you know, can at least one person have human decency and come forward and say, okay, no, you know, that wasn't the case. Well, of course, you know, in the article, the, uh, police officer who hit my son was a sergeant. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, many of those that were out there were probably up under him as a, you know, supervisor and okay, you know, and so now, Regardless of if that part of it is "quote unquote" over with, my son still has to live with this. It's still stuff that um, I can tell how is it has truly affected him.
2: You know, in, in what ways? What ways have you noticed?
1: Um, there are times like when we're writing in the car together whatever, um you know police sirens or like if he like sees a cop behind us like he's he's looking like to make sure I'm like doing everything right here or your hands attended to or you and I'm just like okay like you know that's that's not going to make a difference. Like if they're going to pull me over, they're going to they're going to find a reason to pull me over. Like I can do everything per the law, per everything and you know they they will find a reason to pull me over. Um he is also um I can't really describe it. I guess more He's become more withdrawn, I guess, is, is the best way I can say it. Like he's not um he's always been the type of person that um even when he was a kid, picking his friends like he always maintained a very small group of friends um, and made sure, you know, it stayed that way. Um, he was never really welcoming, of outsiders. Like he had to really get to know you and know that he could actually trust you to, you know, go through that. But since then he's had, um, cause he had a few friends pass away within the past few years from different things, from cancer, from car accidents, from, you know, various stuff. And, uh, one of the guys that he, um, used to be friends with who moved to California um he was killed he came back here and he was killed like the weekend that he came here to visit or whatever and so it's like the various stuff you know that and just adding on just pretty much everyday life of being a black male and especially with, you know, things going on now. And everything that happened directly after. Yes, exactly. So, you know, to go from that to COVID and then being at home, you know, homeschooling, missing, you know, your senior year when, you felt like, okay, basically I'm, I'm being entrapped in, in this particular situation and thinking, okay, I may go to juvenile and whatever else. And okay, that's over with. Well, now COVID and I have to be indoors and
4: have essentially to... in prison anyway.
1: Yes, exactly. And it's just, and I think it's just really just taking a toll on me.
2: And uh, I'm sure you can send us a link to the giant uh retraction and headline that all the papers published <laughs> that said the uh the driver was not intoxicated nor at fault and all charges were dropped. I'm sure that was I'm sure that made big
1: big headlines. No. There there was no nothing. Uh, so
3: are you still an IMPD?
1: So what I did um Simply because we we did uh, talk to a lawyer, you know, in regards to, um, one, you know, the cop hitting our car and regardless of what our insurance company is deciding to do, which we're no longer with, by the way, um, but regardless of what our insurance company was deciding to do, like, we felt like, okay, he needed to pay for our car because he is the one who ran into our car, and um basically, pretty much um the people we talked to said, since our son didn't sustain injuries, which he actually did, but this is like I said, my son <laughs> my son decided he wasn't gonna get x-rays or anything because he didn't want me to have that bill now. <laughs> It it you know is it's like but for um I wanna say about a week his arm was swollen, um, all of that. And and so, you know, it you know, he just went through several, you know, different things. But, you know, of course, you know, now physically I believe he's fine, but like he would not He's just like no, and I don't. I don't want you to have that bill. Okay, well, we have insurance. It'll be a co-payment. like you know. And he's just like, well, I just, yeah, no, I just feel like you know, the car's already messed up, blah blah blah, you know. And so that was his thing.
2: But are you suing IMPD?
1: So IMPD, um, my husband filled out what's called a tort um because that was one of the things that one of the lawyers told us to do was fill out that for them to pay for the car um and then i filled out in um i'm trying to think of the name of the report but basically pretty much wanting them to do an internal investigation um, regarding the accident, the way my son was treated, what he was accused of everything, for them to look into that. Um, as of now, neither one of us have heard anything back. Um, and I sent off my request in particular twice now, um, so That's the
2: problem is it's an internal investigation, which means it's IMPD investigating themselves, yeah, exactly. which I'm guessing they're not going to find any fault. I had to take a <laughs> stab in the dark.
4: Yes. Do we have a – I'm talking weed because I feel invested in the story now. Is there – do you have a copy of the accident investigation report? Did you receive mm-hmm. a copy of all that stuff? And yes. did they take pictures and they did a sketch of the accident and all that stuff and decided by the length of the skid mark when danger was first uh, seen and then how fast people were going, minimum speed at impact, all that stuff It's on there?
1: Um, it does not look like they did – the, they had to at
4: least do a drawing and took pictures. That's that's like minimum stuff.
1: Really? <laughs> Seriously?
4: Yes. Well,
1: based on the report that I have, no. Um, they what it looks like they filled out is uh, wait a minute give me a second. It's just a juvenile fact sheet, and it says, you know, in regards to his physical marks or injuries, complained of pain to the wrist and the knee. Um,
4: but there was no the injuries reported.
1: Yes, exactly. The statement of fact is driver, Mr. Alexander, was involved in a motor vehicle crash, had marijuana in his system, arrest, arrested for, oh, um It looks like O-V-W-I is what they put on there. Operating
4: a vehicle while under the influence.
1: Okay. Um, Then they had a witness name here, but then they crossed that out. Um, Then...
4: So you don't have an accident report. You might just have some information about the incident, but you don't have an actual vehicle accident report.
1: No, this is all just basically um, information in regard to his arrest and quote unquote what all happened at the scene. Oh, my gosh.
3: What is your attorney telling you?
1: So at this point now, we have to get another attorney because the last attorney that we talked to, that's how we ended up filling out the tort and all of that, because they said basically, since he didn't sustain any injuries, quote, um, that pretty much we had to get another attorney. So we've contacted three different attorneys. All are like really ridiculous. Um well, three different attorneys that are willing to go against IMPD. As soon as we mentioned that he was in an accident with a police officer, they changed their tune. Like, you know, we explain what happened without saying police officer. And then either they pull the report, see it was a police officer and say, oh, well, we can't take the case. Or... They just you know as soon as we say you know it was a police officer, then they're like, "Okay, well, no, yeah. we don't do those types of cases, yeah,
3: you have to find an attorney who is actually out like their their work is actually." challenging the police they're actually looking to like change systems so there are there are lawyers out there who would probably be willing to take this case it's just that you're outside of the wheelhouse of those attorneys but there are attorneys who are actively filing cases to discuss police misconduct so you have to find those types of attorneys
4: Okay. This is crazy to me too. Like, is there ever a precedent where there was five comedians that went into a courtroom? Because I don't see how we couldn't at least argue halfway to the point where IMPD is fucking wrong. Excuse my language, yeah. but Jesus, oh, damn! Excuse my language, you know what I'm saying?
2: The problem is not
4: a Oh, all right. Well, two comedians, yeah. uh, a mediocre comedian, a producer, and me.
0: We've halfway got. Finch to testify
2: over here. This is a beautiful thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's a thing. I thought, that's not for sure. You can fire
3: him back. Oh, right. For Finch?
4: <laughs> oh, no, right. I'm not you testify. Know. I could testify as a as a certified expert on all of them, all of these things that I'm talking about because I don't have a job.
5: Yeah, he, he just spends all his time researching things because he doesn't have a job.
2: does right. Don't ask him about it. He doesn't have a job. It's not at work. Uh, so, uh, Shay, we're gonna. We, we, Shay, need, no, we need to try to figure out something. We need yeah, to if try I was to, a
4: lawyer, I would say I have a job, but I'm not a lawyer.
2: Oh no, we need to figure mm-hmm. out to find her a, a, a good lawyer. Uh, we should be. We're pretty well connected. We need to figure this out because this is this is one of the craziest stories I've heard. And honestly, is it may not even crack your top two or three craziest stories that I've heard from you, uh, but it is by far the most just. It it's it's just it, it aggravates you and it angers you to to hear it because it's what's going to keep going on. It's what IMPD has done my entire life, and no one's going to hold them accountable.
1: Yes, sure. All
2: right. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, Shay. We're going to have you on to tell more stories. Uh, I want to hear about your in-laws. I want you to tell them about your in-laws uh, the next time you're on because it's a bunch lighter uh fair but we'll see what we can do and uh thank you for joining us thank you for having me all right thank you all right uh, finch i'm proud of you
4: you're proud of me
2: not for anything you did on this show but for uh <laughs> what you did for the show so if i told you betting odds Finch is going to go on a the biggest morning radio show in Indianapolis, the to best pitch our morning Show
4: radio show in Indianapolis. Best. I, yeah. uh,
2: you, what's what's the uh, the the betting odds that he fucked up going on there to promote our show versus <laughs> he did a hell of a job and knocked it out of the park. Like that, it's the thing, it's not even in the middle. It's either he destroyed it, killed it or killed it. Like just just literally, it's dead. It was a horrible Segment. Which? What? Where are you going, Dan? I mean, whew,
0: it. No one would expect him to do well. <laughs> There'd be a really, really detailed explanation of all of the just intricate factors of the show, and somehow it would be terrible.
5: And Mark, where are you standing at? Like, like 80, 20 that we actually get the name of the show, any concept of the show, or where you could find it.
2: And Rob, where are you at?
3: It depends on if he was there for a job interview. If he was interviewing, then yeah, I would imagine that he probably would have done a bang-up job. Um, but chances are, he would. <laughs> he just give me the... <laughs> So uh, for the listeners out there
4: that cannot see the video, um, the sign for thank you in American sign language is to take your hand, almost like a knife hand, fingers extended and joined, place the palm (laughs) towards your your neck and, and like touch your chin and go away from it. Now, something that doesn't mean thank you is to go under your chin and flick your fingers off. I was giving the ASL sign for thank you.
5: Are you verbally Not, explaining how sign uh, language works? I told you very detailed
4: explanation. We are on an audio program, no, guys. But
2: just because you describe something on an audio medium doesn't mean it's good content. <laughs> it doesn't mean it's good because you're describing what's happening for the audio listener.
0: I think Rob's giving you the light.
2: Uh. <laughs>
4: I think that's a comedy joke where no. it means I need to shut up
2: uh yeah boys wouldn't know anything about that um so what i have here is i have the uh the clip of finch on the show i'm gonna play it uh now finch what what how long was the the segment they were bringing you on for
4: they were bringing so they were giving me 10 seconds uh, I called right, in and to said start
2: playing the four minute and 11 second clip <laughs> <laughs> On the
4: phone is a guy named
6: Steve. He wants to get on free plug Friday. He wants to promote a podcast and a Twitter account. Can we do that? Do we okay. Do that? I as will. As long allow. as it fits uh, in yeah, sure. 10 seconds. Ready, Steve? Go.
4: Yep. Hey, everybody. If you like comedy, you need to listen to subjective comedy podcast on Twitter it's at sub comedy pod. You can check me out on Twitter at funny man or correction.
6: I'm sorry. What was that last? I'll give that to you, the last part.
4: <laughs> I mean, he <laughs> said Guy correction, it's a so. Yeah, I said correction. Yeah, you got to come watch uh, or listen to Brad Scott, Dan West, myself, Rob Harris.
5: Ah,
6: okay. And what makes your podcast better than every million podcasts that are out there?
4: Well, to be fair, comedy is subjective.
6: Yeah, so maybe it's not that funny.
4: <laughs> is what you're saying? I mean, we're definitely not as funny as Bert Kreitzer, but uh, we know how to say
6: his name. <laughs> the, oh, that's the guy? <laughs> okay.
4: <laughs> Fair. <laughs> all right, but I like uh, you
6: already. Well, maybe, uh, right. maybe we need to have you on more often. We can Go listen to his podcast, guys. I don't have time to. We've but... had
5: Brad Scott on the show
6: many times. Yeah, we, I, I knew yeah. I knew that and, name. Uh, and I don't want to give anything
5: away, but I know this Steve, and he is a funny guy. Is he funny? You should go listen to it. Yeah.
6: Has he ever played at the Red Comedy Theater? red curve uh, in
5: fact he has in fact he
6: has nice nice okay yep. <laughs> not,
4: not stand up yet though i'm not i'm not good enough for that i'm not need there to support him.
6: okay all he's right a, he, he's actually an improviser at red <laughs> <laughs> this guy is a joke he's like a pro and he's just effing with us <laughs> you're good uh, i like you yeah, a little yeah. bit yeah okay all a right what, what are you gonna do now when you get off the phone with us all
4: right uh, well, I'm going to plug subjective comedy podcast again at Subcomedy pod on Twitter, and then I'm probably going to go cut the, grass.
6: <laughs> cut All the right. grass. That's good. It, uh, you, it's going to be a hot day. Do it before it gets hotter. Okay. That's what they say. Doing it right now. You're doing it okay. right now. Let's start up the mower. Let's, let's go out, go out to the mower and start it up live on air. <laughs>
4: Don't cut your toe off. Oh, I'm wearing sandals. Yeah, I got to go put my protective equipment wearing on. Wearing sandals? So I've done that
6: before, flip flops, and I was like, eh, well, yeah, I probably get- shouldn't oh. be," but yeah.
4: The mower was empty. My eight-year-old was going joyriding yesterday, so.
6: Oh, so you got a riding mower? That's kind of nice. How many acres oh, yeah, you got? I'm lazy. You got a lot of land.
4: Uh, like ten thousand feet, I think. <laughs> <laughs> 10,
6: feet. All right, cool. Do you have breakfast?
4: Uh, yeah, I had three cups of coffee.
6: Okay. You usually wow. eat, eat some
4: potato chips because somebody left them open on the counter, so I ate a couple. Yeah, what
6: kind of potato chips?
4: Just plain. Yeah, well, they were tortilla chips. Okay, nice. So I guess corn chips. They were, they weren't potato chips. They were corn, <laughs> corn. chips. Okay.
6: <laughs> Everything he ate for breakfast is going to make him poop immediately on the mower. It's going to get shaken it's right shake, out. Of, yep, it's going to
4: vibrate out. out. You know, I, I did that before I went and got gas.
6: So okay, so you went to the restroom usually people do that after (laughs) went and got gas for the lawnmower ate some chips or tortilla chips and then
4: before i went and got gas i had the coffee ate the chips uh dropped a deuce and then went and got gas (laughs) for the mower
6: okay and now uh and now what about after you're mowing the lawn what will you do after that
4: uh i have to go pick up a rug at a place called Salvaging Company in Fishers. My wife bought it off the Aww. internet, so I have to go pick it up. Okay, what kind of a rug is Salvaging it?
5: Salvaging Company—they're not. They're
4: is it Oriental. Yeah, it's it's like the stuff that they didn't sell on the websites or in stores, and they got like one or two couches of this type. So they Salvaging Company, I guess, buys them and then sells them for a little bit of a profit. Cool for them. Okay. All right, buddy. But we don't. We're not. Su- we're not sponsored by them on sub comedy pod. Uh, so subjective comedy podcast. If you want to get on Twitter and follow myself, Brad Scott comedy, uh, Dan West comedy, Funny Man Finch. Uh, Rob Harris doesn't have social media, so he doesn't want you to follow him.
2: <laughs> okay.
6: There he is, Steve Finch. Everybody.
2: Okay. There's so much to dissect and break down here. Uh, can I, I start
4: st- with? I'm sorry, Mark.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So first of all, you had like
5: 20 minutes to figure out my name, my <laughs> my Twitter account. Not that I tweet, but literally just my name. Even Mark would have worked. But you know, whatever. I'll be
2: right back. All I could think was Illtree, Illtree, Illtree. Of like, what's a god a hey, real name? Well, okay. So wait, first though, what's your what's your social media?
4: Well, at the time. On the subjective comedy podcast Twitter bio it said funny Man finch and so I had Had a conversation about that about 15 minutes prior to calling into this Radio station and so I forgot my Own social media
2: yes That's that's what I was saying start off by Fucking up your own social media
5: So I haven't looked at it and I've Really wasn't listening when Finch was talking to uh, the Smiley Morning Show, but it's a uh, funny guy, Finch. Dan West comedy, Brad Scott comedy, Illtree, and Rob the- doesn't have social media. You
2: kept saying funny man Finch. You closed with funny man Finch.
4: I am well aware, my good sir.
2: So no, and then uh, I want to say another thing. I want to say something about uh, uh, old uh, my old buddy, apparently Dave Smiley, uh, which I do love Dave, but here's the. When when uh, Nikki, God bless her soul, uh, was kind enough to say, oh, yeah, we've had Brad Scott on all the time. And uh, uh, Smiley says, oh, yeah, I thought I knew that name. That motherfucker does not know my name. It is a running <laughs> gag between us. So we're literally, every time I see him, the first thing I do is I go, what's my name? And when we were at the 500 last year, he just goes, uh, you're a comedian who likes drugs. And I go, it's the closest you've ever been. And know. so now all of a sudden, though, my name is near and dear to uh, Smiley's heart
5: also uh, shout out to will who was there as well that you heard in the background for uh for telling us that you know we're funny and all that stuff so.
4: no he said finch was funny and to be fair you weren't mentioned at all so i don't think oh, you were shit, stopped, so Jesus. You were-
2: well you know what go fuck yourself finch all right so hold on hold on uh dan what is your uh assessment of finch's uh promo work there
0: this has been a really long podcast, so I'm out of. I, I ran out of beer, so I left for most of it to go get more beer.
2: Okay. <laughs> right. I didn't Rob, realize
0: there was going to be a fucking quiz.
2: Rob, what was your assessment of Finch's promo?
3: Man, I would hire that guy if he came in and performed like that. He'd get the damn job. Too bad he doesn't want to work.
2: Okay. <laughs> you know what? That's the end of the episode. Comedy is subjective. We'll see you next week for Dan West at Dan West Comedy. Yeah.
0: Oh, this is the first time we've ever done it that way. Cool. Uh, yeah, on, on all social media at Dan West Comedy
2: for Steve Finch.
4: <laughs> Did you forget Mark's name too? I do that all
2: the time. For Steve Finch at. Oh yeah, because you don't know your own. Funny guy Finch at Funny oh, Guy. Oh yeah, I, I thought it we was were Funny doing Man. Social media
4: Finch. thing. No, no, funny, no man funny Man Finch. I I got yeah, that one not work. He just kept
2: promoting over and over again. Jesus. Oh, Christ. by the way, also, what was that story you were going to?
4: Oh, uh, Salvage and Company. I
2: like how I like how you were so pro subjective comedy the entire time. Every question he threw at you, you directed it back to the podcast until he got you on Salvage and Company, and then you did a whole fucking two minute commercial for them at the end for Mark. Biddy at Iltree for Rob Harris. Don't fucking ask. Get the fuck away. You're way too close to him. I am Brad Scott at Brad Scott Comedy. And If you didn't think this podcast was funny, remember.
5: Comedy is subjective.
2: Thank you.